Welcome on in to another episode of the Big Time Sports Podcast Show. Mitch Spinell alongside Mitchell Valley here to give you the latest of what's going on in the sporting world. Mitch, I didn't wear rivalry colors this week. You done messed up. <laughs> we we were talking before the show. Um, he wore his Jackson colors for Jackson Hoover this week. I'm wearing black for the orange and black of Strasburg Franklin High School, but I forgot the orange. Now, Did you just say orange and black? Yeah. That color's outlawed. I'm glad you didn't wear your Oh, colors. okay. I was wondering where you were going with that. I'm like, yeah, what, no. who do you have orange, the right to give ownership orange of Orange and what? black is not a good color when they play a team in purple. It is when you're playing a team that's black and muted gold. Uh, well, you're no. not playing one of those teams. I'm just saying there happens to be a team that's orange and black that's playing a team with purple and gold. Well, that's a different team. We're in, first of all, it's not even the team that everybody's been talking about in orange and black, but we'll get to them in a second as oh. well because we want to get into this whole conversation for you guys for this episode, which is the 111th. I checked it yesterday. We're on it today. We have three games to cover on this week. We have, of course, the Indian Valley Claymont game uh, coming tonight, actually. The time of the day we're recording, it'll be Thursday night that you'll be seeing the Braves take on the Mustangs on Big Time Sports. Check our, all our, all, check our website at bigtimesportsohio.com slash schedule for the uh, showtime and local listings. Uh, obviously, if you're in the Tuscarawas or Stark area, it depends on where you are, or it could be um, uh, uh, WIBMTV.com or the LBN app. Uh, Friday, we mentioned it, Jackson at Hoover against the Vikings. That game will be a good one there. And then Dover versus New Philadelphia, the granddaddy of Ohio high school football rivalries, except for one, maybe. Um, I, I had to get that disclaimer in there because you gave say, me a look. You gave me a look. I was going to say. You gave me a look, but it's the 120th matchup between the two squads. This will be uh, the big one here coming up in a little over 24 hours. So there you go. All right, so let's talk about these sort of games, Mitch. Let's start off with the big one that everyone's been talking about. Kind of got thrown for a monkey wrench last week when Glen Oak decided to kind of upstage McKinley's season potentially by keeping them from an outright win of the Federal League title. So now McKinley doesn't get a break in week 10. They have to go up against a Maslin team that has looked dominant against mostly out of area competition this year. You know, a lot of people are taking the bets on Maslin winning again, finishing the season unbeaten and going into the playoffs strong. Where do you see McKinley standing in this? Like, what do they have to do specifically in order to stay competitive with the Tigers Friday or uh, Saturday? <clears throat> They're going to have to do a lot of uh, hoping. I mean, more. I, mean, I would think like on the field stuff, more than that, man. They're going to have to have the best game plan out of any team that Maslin has faced so far this year in terms of how to stop DeWan Owens. Because nobody stopped him except for the OHSAA for one game, and it still didn't matter. He is as good as advertised. He is, you know... Top two quarterback in Star County right now. I'll say that. I want to make sure I give Poochie Snyder the respect he sure. deserves as well for sure. getting south. Another undefeated team in the area. When you look at McKinley and some of the games they played recently, we go back to the game against Jackson. Sloppy win. Coach Hall after the game said they were more lucky than good. Mm-hmm. And last week against Glen Oak, they just, I mean, three points. That's it. Three points. This is a masculine defense that has been stout for the most part all year. This is also an offense that when DeWan Owens has been back there <clears throat> and having the ability to run and throw the ball. Nobody stopped them. I just haven't seen anything from McKinley that tells me they can stop them, Mitch. They're like I have not seen one thing this year that has told me McKinley is capable of stopping Maslin. Rivalry game or not. Yeah, they're going to get up for it. Yeah, it's at Tom Benson Hall of Fame Stadium. I don't see any way how this does not continue to go down the path it's gone with Maslin winning again for whatever the 
number of year is in a row because it's been all Maslin for the past number of years. I mean, for unfortunately for McKinley's sake, it has been all Maslin. But if you're going into this matchup, I think the Bulldogs will definitely have to focus on the running game. Against the Maslin defense, has been very solid all year. They've averaged uh, allowing less than 10 points per game against a lot of good schools. This is going to be one where when you look at the two – the, the, the kind of tailbacks that McKinley has been able to boast for this entire year. You have guys like Nino Hill, uh, who have been very dominant so far this year. You have guys like Thomas, who have been able to be productive for the team. I mean, those guys can really throw Maslin for a loop if they're on it in that game. And Keaton Road, I mean, say what you want about him. When you match him up with somebody like DeWan Owens... The resume doesn't for this year doesn't like stack up as much, but Road has had a few games in here where he's been able to put up the points for McKinley. He's uh, among the top scorers on the team, leading with about uh, seventeen hundred passing yards and thirteen touchdowns, three more on the ground, and then just under five hundred rushing yards. So, and then that's and that's those are good numbers. But when you go over against to to somebody like Owens. He's the leading rusher for Maslin so far this year. He's got almost 800 yards. He has the 10 touchdowns, not to mention almost 800 yards passing and 10 touchdowns in the air. So it's a very balanced attack from him alone. Uh, but even with that, I mean, we got we got to talk about some of the guys that Maslin's been able to boast for this entire year. I mean, their defense especially. We, we, we mentioned if McKinley can get the run game going, it could be a very difficult game for Maslin. But that defense otherwise has been pretty stout the entire year. We literally saw a team jump out 14 nothing against a defense that people thought was going to be you know one of these top defenses. And yep. you're sitting there in the first quarter thinking, okay, maybe Maslin isn't this good. And then they flipped a switch. And it took them a little bit, right? You're playing a team from out of state in Georgia week one. So, yeah, the film and everything is a little different. They play different styles. But McKinley is going to have to hope the offensive line plays their best game of the year. They create holes for Nino Hill and Keaton Road to scramble. And McKinley is going to have to control the clock. That is yeah. the only way possible, Mitch. I can see the McKinley Bulldogs having a chance tomorrow. And even if they control the clock, can the McKinley defense stop Maslin? I don't know if they can. Nobody's been able to stop Maslin for the most part this year. Definitely not in the loss column. Nah, it, yeah, that's where it's going to be really tricky because going through all the names here, we mentioned guys uh, for McKinley, like Dante McClellan, who has uh, been a very good player for them this year. Kayvon McNeil has 13 tackles for loss, nine sacks for McKinley this year. But even again with that, Masson's got a tough defense that can be that can work wonders against this McKinley squad. And both teams, both teams are good, but these are two good teams going into the final week of the season. It's not like one team's having a huge off year, but. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a t- it's going to be a test for Canton McKinley this week. Now, going over to the other matchups here in the area. I mean, we mentioned the game that we will be covering Friday night. It's going to be Jackson up against Hoover. I mean, Jackson was able to get the win last week and then, you know, Hoover uh has been kind of here and there. Uh they've lost four out of the last five games, but I'm curious as to see if the Vikings like where they're standing might be if they were to say lose to Jackson. Jackson's pretty much in, in. into the Division One, Region One playoffs. They're currently ninth in the standings, I believe. And they could even get as high as six if they were to win Friday. The Vikings are fourteenth, and under the current rule, I believe it's sixteen teams get into the playoffs this year. That's going to be tricky for Hoover if they ended up losing. It, it, it's obviously based on quality of loss as well, right. because they want to get the computer votes as well. I mean. Hoover, I mean, how does Hoover break out of this funk that they've been in? We mentioned those four out of five losses. Well, 
It all starts with Carson Derlin. Mm. And if he's available to play or if he is out for an extended period of time, because now you're talking about not only having to throw somebody else in there instead of your Division One recruit, but this late in the season with minimal reps for that backup quarterback. That's a tough spot. I don't care what team you are. I don't care how good you are, how talented you are. That's a very tough spot. You look at somebody like Lucas Eckerman for Jackson. It was week seven or eight last year. He got thrown into the, the fire. Yep. And then, I mean, he just completed what was really his first full season of being a starting quarterback for Jackson. And he did very well, but at the same time, it's just, if Hoover doesn't have Derlin, I think it makes him very one-dimensional. Now, this is a team, though, Mitch, that still put up 34 points last week and lost. So, at the same time, offense looks like it's capable, but they gave up 41 points to Green, who's also without their starting quarterback. So what does that say about the defense as well? Now, listen, it is a rivalry game. Everything's off the table, or everything's on the table, whichever one you want to say. <laughs> Either way. I've seen it before many times. When I was in high school, Jackson can have the better team. Hoover wins. Hoover had the better team. Jackson wins. It is literally the epitome of a rivalry game. It does not matter what the records are. These two teams do not like each other. The communities for one night apart do not like each other. It's the battle of the railroad and it's going to be a a game. And you best believe that the two coaches know it too, as they're both alumni from those schools. I mean, so you want to talk about having that rivalry ingrained in you. Jay Rohr knows what he's doing. Coach Bob knows what he's doing. They know how important this game is. Hoover got it done at Jackson last year. Can Jackson go play the spoiler over at Hoover? Well, I was going to say Hoover's won three straight and four out of the last five against the Polar Bears. Sick. I didn't know this one. 64 and 28 all time against you guys. Sorry. But Baum did expect Derlin to be back a quarterback this week after missing last week uh, with the hamstring. Uh, so Brower will be moved back to wide receiver after taking quarterback duties last week. I mean, that's a good, that's a good combination that if they can take advantage of the uh, Jackson secondary, then that could put Hoover in a good scoring spot for the next couple of, for the, for the at least the first few quarters. Also, Hoover's special teams need to step up after their performance last week. They yeah. gave up two kickoff returns for touchdowns against Perry, and that and that's that was a key difference in the forty-one to thirty-four loss and that they sustained. Jackson's a team that on special teams they can make plays happen. Sure, I mean you've seen Kyle Benson do it, Anthony Fueline sometimes back there in kick return. There's a plenty of other players on that special teams unit that has made plays. So Hoover better be locked in and ready to go. But it's hard to imagine. Either of these teams won't be locked in and ready to go, yep. knowing what's at stake. For sure. Now, we also have the big rivalry game on Friday night. One of the granddaddies, I should say, not the granddaddy, but one of them, is uh, Dover and New Philadelphia. That game to be taking place at Crater Stadium. Dave Sheets and I will be on call for that game, as well as Ron Hurst. Um, this will be an interesting one, because New Philadelphia and Dover are coming in at kind of different points from last week. New Philadelphia, we saw last week, had that heartbreaking loss at the end to West Holmes, 9 to eight, not the highest scoring game, but the New Philadelphia defense arguably had its best uh, performance of the season. They will need to do the same against a Dover team that has been playing very well heading into the final few weeks of the season. These are two teams, by the way, that are both around the middle part of the top fifteen. So a win for each would pretty much solidify them a chance for the playoffs. Now a loss, it kind of depends on what happens on the field, what happens else where Friday night. Um, this is going to be an interesting one. New Philadelphia has, as I mentioned before. Had some very good defensive outings this year. Has kind of at times been struggled to put uh, points on the board against non-OCC opponents. But the, if 
you can get Keaton Fossil going in the first half. If you can have Etney Richardson have a little more production like he had at the end tail of last week's game, that could do wonders for New Philadelphia. Now, Dover's had a few good wins this year, um, and they're going to have a lot of guys who are going to be on that field Friday night. But uh, I, I'm, I could go either way for me, honestly. This is one where I can't really make a decision as of now of who, if you were to ask me who I'd predict to win, I couldn't tell you right now. These, this is how even the two teams are. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see which team, it, it seems like which team will probably be boasting playoff uh, aspirations after Friday night. So which team do you predict to win? I, I don't know. I, Dover has the home field advantage. Dover has been very good. It's very Crater Stadium is one of the harder places to win in Tuscarawas County. It's it's one of the longtime stadiums here, and you know most times when you go to Dover, like the Crimson Tornadoes are coming out with that victory. But it's tricky. Even like even in an off year, they they get a lot of victories at home. So I don't really know for sure. Uh, you know, I will have a preview out here pretty soon uh, within the next 24 hours. So, yeah, I'm very excited to see all these rivalry games, including the ones for our school, as you mentioned, Jackson and Hoover, Strasburg and Central. I mean, I mean, Strasburg and Central haven't had the greatest of seasons between the two of them. But, you know, they're 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 doing what they can. They're working around it. I mean, I don't know. This is this is what happens when you don't go to you don't go to a school where the football program was consistent is, is the term I'm going to use. Well, they were consistent at one thing, and I'm not going to say what thing that was. Anyway, uh, every one of those kids could probably still beat me up. Uh, we're going to move on. I was waiting for it. Hey, Star County, it's your friends from the local board of mental health and addiction recovery, and we have a challenge for you. We're asking you to create a new habit and check in on someone every day. Nothing fancy, just a simple text, phone call, or note on social media to ask someone how they're doing. You don't have to be a professional. You just have to ask and then listen. Are you someone who could use a check-in? Text for hope to 741-741 anytime, day or night, or dial 988. Brought to you by Stark County Mental Health and Addiction Recovery. Wendy's without the Wendy's app is like nugs without the sauce. <gasps> or a Frosty without the fries. <gasps> or a hamburger without the fresh beef. No! Level A. Get the app to order ahead, order delivery, earn free food, and get app-exclusive offers. One app, all the Wendy's. Offer for a limited time at participating Wendy's. Terms apply. App registration required. Fresh beef available in contiguous U.S., Alaska, and Canada. You deserve the best. And at Ferris Chevrolet, Buick, Cadillac, Toyota, that's what you get. We consider you the customer to be part of our family. Anybody can make promises, but when you visit Ferris, you get the Ferris deal from a Ferris wheel. So if you're looking for a car, truck, or van, think Ferris. Think Ferris. Where you matter. You matter. Everyone plays a part. We all have a role. Each of us can make a difference. You do matter, and the best way to have a positive impact is to pay it forward. With each of us helping one another to cope, feel better, and know that we belong. Pass on the positivity today. Tell someone else they matter too. Alt Care. Alt Care, Alt Care. Where you matter. You invest a lot in your home and vehicle purchases. Van Nostrand Young and Associates want you to feel secure should anything happen to those investments. 
we partnered with providers like Grange Insurance and other industry leaders to be sure you're presented with the most complete coverage to fit your needs. Because we're not only here to protect the items you invest in, we're here to protect your future as well. Call Ben Nostra and Young Insurance in North Canton at 330-497-1867. Happy Sardiversary with Sardar Rider Anthony. We're celebrating 25 years with our valued riders. And I absolutely enjoy riding the buses. I get to know a few of the drivers, very respectful, very professional just an all-around about good experience. It helps people get to where they're going, disabled, veterans, or people going to work. Thanks to all our riders as we celebrate Sarda 2-5 at Sarda. We're going to move on to uh, uh, something that we wanted to talk about. I mean, we could do anything right now. We could go to the NFL. We can go to the baseball playoffs. I mean, we could go to, I mean, we wanted to save college for last, but what do you want to go to right now? Choose, choose your poison. Pick oh. poison. Let's talk about them Browns. All right, let's do that. I mean, there's really not much coming off of last uh, Tuesday's episode, which you guys can look at now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. Uh, we put up that we put up that huge opening. By the way, we got copyright struck not by not by the usual suspect, but by the the National Football League themselves because I used uh, too much of the clip uh, of the highlights from that game. I mean, like I, I get Thank you, it, Roger. I get it. Oh, by the way, just ex- signed an extension through 2027. Did you see that? Really, Roger, you couldn't just let one slide for the boys. It was personal. Really? It was personal for him. It was him. personal. It was what? personal. It's personal I mean, I used, I used, like, I used a, a good. Ch- I, admittedly, I used a good chunk of Kevin Stefanski's post game press, and there's literally a big Ticketmaster thing on the on the screen because that's what the the sponsor was for the video. Anyway, they're um, not a sponsor with us, though. But no, if you want to be a sponsor with us? You could be. There you go. Um, but yeah, I mean, the Browns they play Indianapolis this week. They're going to be Indianapolis officially ruled Anthony Richardson out for the season, but Damn. it's still it's still. You didn't know that. I just I was hoping that like they were just. We think he could be out for the season. I, it's they get, expected. They get a second opinion. It's like, oh no, he's out he's going to have surgery weeks. and it's expected. Yeah, but Gardner Minshew is going to be in. I mean, so Indianapolis. Yeah, Indianapolis uh, has not been amazing this year. They just lost to Jacksonville, who plays tonight. But they suck too. That's the thing. Does Indianapolis suck? I don't know. No, Jacksonville. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Sorry, 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 sorry. Yeah, but like Indianapolis this year is not like a team that is flat out awful. They're not like the Cardinals. They're not like the Patriots. But I don't. And because we're Browns fans, we always anticipate what's going to go wrong. Where some people are expecting a letdown after last week's performance against San Francisco. I I expect them to at least still be able to I, – I expect them to at least put up a similar – not similar performance, but at least the same level of effort the defense will put up against Indianapolis. This isn't going to be a game where I think they like take a rest and give up like 35 points. But at the same time, you're probably not going to have Deshaun Watson back. We saw him – I believe we saw him talk yesterday regarding his uh, injury – like prowess saying that the team yep. is pretty much still on the same page about his recovery. And, and really at this point it's, it, it's week to week at this point, we are on a day to day week to week, hour to hour basis of where Deshaun Watson's injury stands. And it's frustrating because you want to know if your number one guy can go, can go play. But at the same time, we don't want him to rush back and do something that, you know, could jeopardize the rest of his season and maybe onward. 
So I don't know. Like, what, do you have any takes on like this whole rigmarole of Deshaun Watson? May be able to play, may not be able to play. We've kind of talked about this already. All right. At this point, I just don't know. Like, it's yeah. just, I, I don't want to speak because it's not my body. I don't know what it feels like, what he's going through, what exactly the injury is, which I feel like we're starting to get an idea of what it is, but we don't truly know if it's actually the rotator cuff or this or that. Or he whatever. said it was a rotator cuff issue so, yesterday. Yeah. But I mean, why are we just finding out about it was the rotator cuff now? But the past few weeks, it's just been lingering. We don't know yet. You know, Stefanski expects him to play. He doesn't play. It's, I don't know. It's frustrating. It is. I'd really like to know what it looks when he throws the ball right now. Like, is he? does he not have the velocity on it? Does he not have the touch? Is he just scared to get hurt if something's sore? Like, I don't, I don't know. And so that's why I'll leave it at that. Uh, the Browns should win this game someday. If they lose... To Gardner Minshew, who is a poor man's, uh, not even just a poor man's, he's an extremely poor man's Baker Mayfield. When somebody said poor man's Baker Mayfield. But he's like, that's still offensive to Baker, I think. Like, he's got to be like, uh, we'll go with basically Mac Jones. Oh, that's just with a head, headband and long hair. That's uh that's a bold. So if this comparison. defense can't stop him, then that says all I need to know about the defense. Well, and, I, and in terms of a letdown performance, you just stopped the 49ers. Yeah. I don't care if CMC and Debo missed half the game. Right. You just stopped a team that hadn't lost since week 7 of the regular season last year. You just stopped a team that had scored 30 plus points in every single game they played so far this mm-hmm. year. You can't stop Gardner Minshew. And Zach Moss, I'm not even going to talk about Jonathan Taylor. Because oh, he yeah. he's yeah. not even going carry. Zach Moss is apparently just the greatest thing of all time. And all he needed was Jonathan Taylor to get signed for him to start proving himself. Shame on Buffalo for letting him go. Buffalo does not know how to treat running backs whatsoever. They think their quarterback's a running back, which is only going to screw them over here in a few years because he's going to take hit after hit after hit like Cam Newton. Uh, either way, we're, I'm off tangent here. If the Browns lose the Colts, then... Season's over. Okay, so you're jumping back on the panic train if the Browns lose and go back to three and three, even though we talked about some of these upcoming matchups they're gonna have, particularly against NFC West opponents that are extremely winnable. Now I'm not now Well, I'm, Kevin Stefanski is also seven and over CFC South opponents. So that like I, that's why I feel confident they're going to win this game. But I'm okay. saying unless the reason we lose is PJ Walker throws three interceptions that get returned for touchdowns or the special teams unit gives up punt return, kick return touchdowns. There's no reason this team should even come close to losing the Indianapolis Colts. This is also in Indianapolis. There's going to be a lot of Browns fans there. I can promise I've, you. I've that. heard that. There's going to be a lot of. There's a bunch of Browns backers bars in Indianapolis. There, it's a four-hour drive from here. It's not that far of a drive. I mean, you drive two hours to Pittsburgh. What's the difference driving to Indianapolis for a one o'clock game? Fair. I just. I think that it, it would have to, everything would have to go wrong for the Browns to lose this game, and everything would have to go right for Indianapolis, and that's why it would be a letdown because I just don't see unless this team is a team that has to have bullets and board material because we saw the Browns post this past mm-hmm. week posting all the people that picked the 49ers to win, posting what Dante Whitner said, posting what uh, was it Jimmy Johnson or um, 
somebody on Fox, Fox NFL what Sunday. What they said about the 49ers and Browns. What the Big Time Sports Podcast show said about them the week before. Yeah. Well, you know what, Browns? You suck. Boom. Win guaranteed. Uh, it's, nobody's going to take that clip out of context. That one second clip of you saying they suck. You guys suck and need to prove it. You can win two games Stop. in a row. Stop. And if you don't, Stop I'm probably still be a sick person to watch you every week. Yeah. Unless you're, you're, day. you're a sadist. We all know this. Is that the right term? I don't know. I don't know. Either way, at the Colts, at the Seahawks, and you come home, you play the Cardinals. Then you go to Baltimore, which I'm just going to tell you right now, that game's terrifying to me. I do. In Baltimore? In Baltimore, yeah. I do I do truly believe, call me crazy, this is going to be a hot take of the week. This might be a clip that you're probably going to put out. I do believe that Joe Woods was only good for two games a year and it was against Baltimore Ravens. <laughs> he always he always somehow schemed something up to be able to stop Baltimore or limit their offense. When you go back and look at those games, there probably is like one anomaly in there where Baltimore just kicked the shit out of us. Mm-hmm. But that game scares me. If I'm looking ahead, the Seahawks will be interesting. Cardinals, that if you if this team loses at home to Josh Dobbs. Yeah, it'd be rough. Jimmy Haslam may fire Andrew Barry on the spot. Might. Just might. The Ravens are scary, but then you come home, the Steelers don't scare me. We know we should have won that game. I I truly I mean, we're not gonna get back into that one. That still yeah. triggers me. Then you go to Denver. If you lose to Sean Payton, you should probably be fired. Then you who, go to who, LA. Who'd have thought? Three years ago, if you just said that, that would have been crazy. But, yeah. Well, we beat Sean Payton when he was in New Orleans before. We, he did, yeah. Then you go to L.A., the Rams. That one, toss-up, I think. I, I, it just depends how they're playing, yeah. right? Uh, then you come home against Jacksonville, who I think is one of the most overrated teams in the NFL still. And then you play the Bears. If the Cleveland Browns are not 6-3 and three or better in that span with – the little asterisk next to it that Deshaun Watson plays in seven of those nine. So I'm giving I'm giving I'm giving Deshaun another two weeks, right? I'm saying maybe he comes back against the Cardinals, okay? Because he's uncommittal on the timetable for his return. We don't know. He yeah. could start Sunday. He could start next week. See, he could not be back at all. I'm saying right now as I do this, I have Deshaun Watson. I pictured in my head. I have Deshaun Watson starting at least seven of the next nine games. Okay, so you yeah you have him at nine and five on the season then. If you say they were going to six and three during that stretch, they would be nine and five then. Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, I don't know. I think even if they were to go five and four during that run, I'd be okay with that. I mean, there are some teams in there that you definitely should get wins against, depending on the circumstances, because you know Arizona is definitely going to put up a fight. Josh Dobbs is going to put up a fight against a team that decided to just get rid of him for a fifth round pick. Whether yeah, or not that was the, the right move, time, we don't know. He could be. I, I he doesn't have he does, I know he's not like the type of qu- the starting quarterback that can like it's not like a Baker Mayfield where for some reason that man just thrives on uh, low expectations and like everybody doubting him. Yeah, which you know we didn't last week. We're not going to get into that. Um, but I I don't see even Dobbs being that comparable to even somebody like Baker, which you know Baker even is, is even on I, his own thing. I think we know the type of person Josh Dobbs is. Yeah, we know the type of person Baker was, right? And I don't think there's anything wrong with being the way they no. are. I think Dobbs, if anything, should be more thankful because he would have been backup quarterback here. You know what Fair. I mean? Where now he's the starting quarterback in Arizona, True. and although his biggest issue, if you've watched anything recently, was they didn't have his jersey in the team shop. Now they have his jersey in the team shop. Yeah. Now he can buy it and send it to his family and friends. Well, so. then well, you see, just see that Kyler Murray is back practicing uh, this week. So I, I don't think he's going to be playing like 
if within if, the next two weeks, I but. just and I think this is a very fascinating topic, and I think this can kind of lead us into the next one that we also sure. mentioned a little bit about. If I'm the Arizona Cardinals, you're one in five. Mm-hmm. You don't want to win another game. It depends on what you want. Your quarterback cannot be Kyler Murray moving forward. It cannot. Especially coming off an injury like that, you want to you don't want to risk it again. Yeah, especially on a guy who's mobile, who wants to yes. run, right? Typically, once these guys get hurt, <clears throat> I mean, Mitch, it even caught, caught up to Cam Newton. Cam Newton was an anomaly, I think, because you look at him and Lamar Jackson, and Cam Newton was so big. Yeah. he was. I mean, he was a big guy. He could take the hits, and that's why I'm, I'm worried, you know, Josh Allen, if he doesn't start getting down a little bit more, could the same thing happen to him? But Kyler Murray cannot be the quarterback moving forward for the Arizona Cardinals. The overall? Overall, no. Wow, no, okay. He's not good. Um, he should have stuck with baseball. He should have gone to the A's. He'd probably already be in the majors by now. But, hey, you chase the bag. It's fine. Oh, uh, okay. He was a phenomenal athlete at Oklahoma. Yeah. Phenomenal baseball player. It's not too late. Brandon Whedon uh, made his NFL debut at the age of 28, so maybe Kyler Murray can make his MLB debut at the age of 28. Um, For the Vegas A's. Is he still under contract with them? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. I've looked that up. Since he got drafted in another league. I mean, maybe. Either way. Maybe. But, uh it's all out for Caleb Williams. And the real question now is, is okay. after we've heard the rumors come out, yes, is what, first off, is it even possible for that to happen? Right. Secondly, what team would be willing to do it? And it is now time for another segment of Fuel Move Recover, featuring Dr. Michaela Iono, physical therapist and president of Advancing Athletics. Doc, and thank you so much for taking the time again this week. Appreciate it, Mitch. So as we go into this segment, as we arrive at postseason play for the fall season, being properly warmed up and ready to compete couldn't be more important. As the season is changing, of course, we're going to a bit colder weather now, so it's obviously important for kids to stay nimble, stay ready. Many warm-ups are structured activities led by coaches and captions usually. And why do you think this is important to discuss, first of all, at all? And second of all, is is it particularly important right now? Yeah, I I think... You know, there's a few different things. Um, the first, as always, before we jump into this, just to remind everybody, this is not medical advice. And we're speaking generally and using maybe specific examples to kind of um, provide evidence for, you know, the topic. And otherwise, if you need specific help for yourself or an athlete or a child, uh, make sure to reach out to a PT you know, uh, me, the athletic trainer, or a medical doctor. Now, with that being said, the thing is, is that athletes, you know, you can't afford to not be ready, you know, as soon as the the clock starts. And, you know, coaches like to say that that's always important, right? But, the, but now it really counts because now it's win or go home. The, and um, so, you know, you can't, rely on the other team uh, making mistakes as much for you to make a comeback, let's say. Um, And you don't have another game later this week if you lose in order to like figure it out. So I think that that's one thing that kind of heightens uh, the importance of being ready. The other things are that first, these are individuals that are developing their roles on the team and their skills at the same time as they're developing their bodies in mind. So, you know, uh, the role that maybe you had going into the year is different than it was, uh, than it is now at the end. Um, my sophomore year playing football in high school, I was the starting nose tackle 
And because we had so many injuries, I went from nose tackle to um, the um, weak side defensive tackle to strong side defensive tackle to weak side end, strong side end, weak side linebacker. And then by the end of the season, I was playing the strong side linebacker. So uh, that's just a good example of how the role that I had at the end of the year changed relative to what it was at the beginning of the year. Plus, I was only 16, so I was developing and everything else like that. So the warm-ups, the things you may need to do or feel you need to do are different, um, are likely different now than what they were before. And maybe you're new to the sport or whatnot. You know, by then, my 10th my grade year, I'd, I'd already been playing football for six seasons. So although I was developing, I kind of understood at least, you know, from, from the perspective of 16 year old, like football. Um, and then the final thing is, is as we've talked numerous times and what always comes back to mind for me is like injuries, bumps and bruises. And so you might need a little more time with a certain area to make sure that that hamstring injury you've been fighting doesn't, you know, kind of rear its ugly head at the most important time of the season. So going into this particular topic, I wanted to start by focusing in on a few, first of all, a few activities that you can do to get ready for these sorts of games. Uh, obviously there are a number of practices we can go over. There are a number of uh, outside um, factors that can go into this sort of procedure. First of all, the sort of things that we've been seeing that are really popular as of the last few years are things that people can purchase or get their hands on in order to get themselves ready for games, such as foam rollers, massage guns, any sort of form uh, of outside help to get you ready for uh, not just games, but any particular sort, form of physical activity. What are your mm -hmm. takes on, on those sort of uh, factors? These things have become really popular, things like foam rollers and massage guns and stuff like that. You know, you see people carrying them around uh, in the gym at practice, you know, on the sidelines and whatnot, and they can be really useful tools. I guess the one thing that I just would like to reiterate first is that this is not meant to replace the warmups that, you know, you do with your team or, you know, that's led by your captains and whatnot. Now, that doesn't mean that they're the best, but I, I'm very, I believe strongly in you know, incorporating individual techniques, but also like team dynamics and how important that is. So, you know, potentially you could have a conversation with your coaches or captains, or, you know, if you are one of those um, to like, Hey, can we incorporate some things, but don't think that just doing a little bit of foam rolling or using a massage gun is all you need to uh, get yourself ready. And that really kind of applies to all the different movements, you know, warmups that we're kind of talking about that potentially could be incorporated and already are, being incorporated uh, um, into team activities um, or maybe done in addition to either before, during, or after you're doing your team activities. Now, the thing is, is that sports like life includes a variety of repetitive actions and motions. Um, you know, every week we record this podcast, we're sitting in our same offices, face the same way, you know, and so we're doing the exact we're using the exact same muscles to be in this position. Now, our this segment of our show is not that long, but you know, just magnify this, amplify this to all the things we do in our lives where we're always doing these same kind of things. So when you do repetitive motions, the same muscles that allow you to do those motions are getting tension in them all the time, even if they're low-grade activities. So that's why these, you know, things like 
you know, massage guns, or really they're actually called percussion guns because they just go up and down almost like a jackhammer works. So the actual word is percussion gun, but you know, a lot of them are massage guns. Their guns is a brand people have heard of. And foam rollers, those those foam cores that you see, sometimes they're hollow, sometimes they're colored, oftentimes they're black and made of styrofoam. And the thing is, is that, you know, when you do these repetitive motions, like for example, right now, my shoulders are turned more to the, my left and my head is turned more to the right so that my mouth is close to the microphone. That means the left side of my, or the right side of my neck is in a more shortened or stiffened uh, position. And the left side of my neck in, is, is in a more lengthened position. So now I could try and like, you know, get myself more square. Okay. Now I'm more square and that's just not as comfortable for me. So I might want to work out some of those muscles on either side because they're in these constant positions all the time. And a lot of times people will come to me and they will feel like I just, I don't, I feel like my warm up doesn't help. I feel like I'm still not ready. And this can oftentimes be that effect because you know, our brain and the, our nervous system turns on our muscles. And so they're the ones that like on the left side of my neck, as I'm explaining, like are trying to like pull just a little bit. So my head can like snap back at any point in time that I ask it to. Um, while on the right side, my, those muscles are staying fired on constantly all the time. So by kind of working some of those muscles, you can kind of stiff parts or the kind of lumpy parts. Sometimes we call those trigger points um, that you might feel. And that's, I can do like neck stretches and whatever, but I still have that inconsistent tension between the two sides. You know, this makes me think kind of like when um, uh, it's almost like quieting down your nervous system, doing this, you know, these techniques, um, it's kind of like think like you bump, you hit your arm against your desk or whatever, and you kind of rub it when it hurts. Well, what you're doing is you're quieting down like your your brain's signals or the signals that go to your brain by kind of uh, stimulating your skin. So oftentimes, simply by getting on that foam core and rolling out some of those target muscles, you can um, kind of feel like lighter, looser, like more ready to go just because you're kind of telling your brain, okay, like now we're smoothing that out. You don't have to be firing constantly because it's a feedback loop. The nerves turn on the muscles. The muscles are then activated and sig send signals back up to your brain, which turns on the muscles more. And it's this constant cycle. So that's what we mean by kind of quieting or dampening this, this cycle. And um, that's why this is one of the easiest things you don't need to, you know, easiest thing to incorporate because it's not really technique based. It's not that hard to do even just, you know, a few rolls back and forth or, a, you know, a few seconds with the percussion gun can make a big difference on what you're feeling. Well, I'd like to continue into that sort of subject, if you don't mind, because I want to get some more insight into the sort of, the sort of movements that are, are more crucial for your sort of everyday routine. I mean, but in particular, a big part of uh, my routine that I try to get up, no matter if I'm being physical, physically active that day or not, is trying to get some stretching in, trying to make sure mm -hmm. that my body is, you know, not like just in a rigid 
setting mm-hmm. for for most of the hours of the day. What role do you think stretching plays in just a, a well-rounded warm-up for anybody? Well, of course, Mitch, you um, tell us about your warm-up routine, and now I'm about to say that warm-up suck. I mean, um, you know, your stretching routine, and now I'm about to say how much stretching sucks. Absolutely. Um, well, I mean, the, you know, what I say um, to everybody and what I've said a number of times in my own podcast is, you know, the best activity that you can do is or they should do is the one you will do and so you know if you if you enjoy it and you have a good routine you actually do that routine then um uh then i encourage you to continue that and then maybe we start to just sprinkle in some modest changes uh that allow you to you know kind of feel you know potentially make the thing that you're going for uh, even more effective than you feel like it already is um and so with now that I've, you know, kind of let you off the hook, now I'll go on to say, you know, that really stretching, you know, doesn't play a, much of a role when I'm talking about or helping develop warmups. So the, the big thing is, uh, well, there's two things. One's phys, um, physical or anatomical and the other one's like more of a like a psychological thing. So there's this thing called opportunity cost. Are you familiar with opportunity cost, Mitch? Yes. The concept. Yeah. So for the the listeners who don't know, opportunity cost is the concept that by choosing one thing, you're choosing not to do another thing. And so um, because time is finite, there's only so much time you have, you know. And so it's kind of like, well, I can either, you know, you finish with practice in school and it's like I can either go home and do my homework or I can go to the movies, I can go out to dinner with my friends. And so by choosing one, you're by definition, you know, not choosing the other thing because you just don't have an infinite amount of time. Well, the same thing goes for smaller choices, like what exercises and activities you're going to do before the game, you know, so that 30 minute clock before a football game starts running and you only have 30 minutes, they're not going to add on. You can't put in another quarter to buy an extra five minutes. So the number of things that you can do are limited. And so if we're trying to pick from scratch the best list of things, stretching is not going to be one of them because of that psychological thing, okay? Um, Because there simply are other things that you can do that are likely to be as, if not more effective than um, static stretching, things that people typically think, you know, you, um, you know, you bend over and like stretch your hamstrings or put your arms over your head or pull it across your body or whatnot. The anatomical thing or physiological thing is that they don't really work that well, at least in the way that we're doing them. So essentially stretching, what we're trying to do is kind of lengthen this muscle, get it used to lengthening. So then it can kind of snap back and forth over and over again. So you can think of your your muscles as like rubber bands, let's say. Okay, so now what makes um, a rubber band more effective? Like if you were to stretch it and hold it for a really long time and kind of hold it in that pulled position, or does that actually like loosen the rubber band and actually make it more flimsy and eventually stretched out and eventually break? Because I think I might've mentioned this on a previous uh, episode, but- it's not the strongest link in the chain that breaks. It's the weakest. So oftentimes what people feel is they feel that sensation of tension and they feel like they have to stretch. But it's not always because it's not 
the best solution is not simply to stretch and especially in this static position. So, you know, we want to make sure that the, the muscles that are necessary for the practice or competition or life or whatever are able to spring back and forth and be able to fire both when you want them to and as strong as you want them to. And so there are other ways to kind of get at that point. And then the final thing that I'll say about stretching, which I really don't like have um, why I really don't recommend it is because a stretching needs to be held for much longer than most of us do. We need to, you need to do stretches on the scale of minutes, not seconds. And a lot of people will hold a stretch for, you know, 10 to 60 seconds. I mean, and that's a long time to hold a stretch, but in order to really get that muscle to change, you know, it needs to be held for, you know, like one minute at a time and then repeated, you know, four to six times. Um, so much so, you know, kind of like this thing about, you know, the, the nerve, uh, your nervous system and your brain, like firing on these muscles and whatnot, kind of like I said, with my neck and like get, get my neck to like snap back, you know, uh, and it, to be ready. There is a lot of research that now suggests or is pointing to the fact that doing stretches actually makes your muscles less twitchy and less explosive because you're pulling on these muscles and essentially trying to get it to like quiet down, quiet down by holding that tension on it. Well, if you're doing that, then actually it that makes them fire less quickly. And so there are other activities that you can do to make them fire more quickly. And then the final part of this is that a lot of people um, aren't actually isolating that stretch the way it's supposed to. So like, if I'm going to like stand and like stretch my quad, so I'm going to, I'm going uh, to bring my foot up if I'm standing and I'm going to grab my shoe and then I'm going to pull my shoe to my butt to stretch the muscle on the front side of my leg. Well, the thing is, is that if I'm not controlling the position of my back, if I allow my back to arch, my butt to stick out, well, I'm not actually stretching that muscle. So you have to have enough abdominal control to hold your pelvis. Imagine, you know, your pelvis as a, um, the thing your hips are connected to, uh, that your spine's connected to on the top. Imagine that's like a bowl. And so whenever you go to stretch that, do that stretch, I just explained that bowl wants to tip forward. So you have to have enough abdominal control to hold your, your that bowl straight up and down and then pull. Also, um, you also need to make sure you have a good, strong glute contraction when you're doing that, that kind of stretch, because your glute keeps the femoral head, your hips up on socket joint. And when you just pull on it hard like that and don't really, and just kind of relax into it, you're actually pulling that hip, the, the ball forward into your socket. It's kind of pulling it out of socket that can lead to like hip pain and kind of reinforce some like bad, bad, like joint stuff that we try to avoid. And so you have to have that good abdominal control to keep your pelvis in the correct position. And you have to have a really good glute squeeze in order to keep that ball in the proper position in that ball and socket joint. These are all things that none of us were taught, you know, whenever we started doing these things back in the day. And so a lot of times people um, aren't actually getting the benefit that they think they're getting from it um, because of these kind of um, factors. And that's why I usually rely on either active or dynamic movements instead of isolated um, stretches in order to uh, accomplish that goal.
So now that we take my partic- my routine in particular, throw it out this window, uh, I want to know about some of the better ways that we can kind of get started. I mean, what particular dynamic movements do you recommend? Are there any alternative movements that you would recommend? Again, the first thing is, is that um, uh, it's not that necessarily stretching is bad. It's just that you might need to, uh, I don't want you to go out the window with it now that right. I just, you know, kind of crushed your, your stretching routine. The, the thing is, is that being able to um, feel it where you're supposed to and for the amount of time you're supposed to feel it, that's the key thing. And so maybe for some of you or uh, you're, that, that's being accomplished. But for all the rest of us, and maybe there's only a couple of these movements, a couple of those stretches where you feel that, and the other ones just kind of feel like a waste of time. Well, there are other things um, that we can rely upon. So first off, of course, you know, the the you know, generic answer is it all depends on your sport. So the demands of your sport and oftentimes your role, how much you're playing and so on and so forth. These are all things that will also contribute to the kind of movements that you want to do. So let's say that you're going to like, you want to stretch that, that muscle in the front of your thigh, like to use that same example. Well, rather than kind of uh, just kind of pulling on it like that, you could do some glute bridges where you lay on your back, get your feet uh, by your butt and then lift your butt up into the air. So there you can work on that hip control, uh, that pelvis control, keeping your abs active. And then you're actually using your glutes to like lift your butt up into the air. And, and that's actually stretching the front side of your leg. And now not only when you release that, when you um, doing the, the static stretch, the isolated stretch, um, as soon as you let go of your foot and it drops back, back down to the ground, you're, you might have decreased the tension a little bit on the front, but what's going to keep it from just stiffening up again? You know, nothing in this case, because you, we didn't turn on anything to like get it to stay that way. You know, um, it's kind of like if my bicep is like really stiff, you know, to turn on your bicep as most people appreciate, you know, you you straighten your elbow and then you bring your elbow up to your shoulder. Well, let's say that I was in a cast and now my elbow is really stiff that way. Well, I could either pull my arm straight to try to get my bicep to loosen or, or I can do tricep exercises in your, your tricep. It actually is stiffening the rubber band on the backside because it was too loose because it's been in this kind of locked position. And now my bicep is going to be looser. My elbow is going to be looser because I'm starting to equal the stiffness on the backside rather than the front side. So if you do that over and over again, then you'll actually, the fruits of your labor will stick better, you know? And so when we take this to like a warm up arena for practice or competition, you know, we want to turn on those muscles and get them ready to fire in that twitchy way in that, you know, robust way that we're used to. So, you know, volleyball, I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to be making, you know, doing uh, karaoke, side shuffling, um, jumping up and down, uh, jumping forward, jumping sideways. Maybe as a coach, uh, I'll have the kids in front of me and then I'll have them like react. I'll point a finger and then they have to like make a move or they have to go down to one knee, you know, so they they're getting all those muscles to fire. And then we could even have them go to one knee and then stand back up again. So you're getting, you're priming those muscles and getting them used to um, being turned on in the same way that you're going to compete. Because again, 
you know, people talk about stretching to get it to kind of smooth out. Well, if you're having that sensation that you're feeling just kind of stiff, you feel like maybe like your heart's warmed up, like your heart rate's up, you're sweating a little bit, but you're feeling stiff. Well, then maybe we need to do foam, more foam rolling or, or uh, you know, use the precaution gun to kind of smooth out those spots. You know, things that typically you see when people are warming up, like uh, skips and karaoke, like I just said, shuffles, butt kicks, high knees, sprint starts, get in your stance and, you know, burst off the line five yards. Those things are getting those muscles activated and ready and your nervous system ready, primed to um, be able to fire. So those of us who have like mowed the lawn with a pull start uh, push mower, you sometimes there's that little, that little bulb thing that you have to push in. Well, what that's doing is pushing gasoline into the engine so that there's already some in there. So as soon as you then pull start it, it already has the thing that's needed to get it to run. And so that's what we call postsynaptic activation or post-activation sometimes is that uh, by doing repeating the motions that are going to be done for the sport, what you're doing is, is you're getting the, the, the brain and the nervous system ready to fire as robustly as possible as soon as you ask them to do it. Um, and so that's where a lot of, you know, where you see a lot of like pro athletes, you know, during pregame um, presentations and whatnot, like they have like rubber bands and they're pulling their legs from side to side or, you know, um, they're doing active drills where they have a, a athletic trainer or, you know, one of the strength staff pushing against them and, you know, trying to get all those muscles to fire rather than just laying on the ground and stretching and, and doing that kind of stuff. So then you can really kind of see where muscles are firing and then you can really kind of get your yourself into that mind frame for what what needs to turn on when it needs to turn on. And then, uh -huh. of course, as we'll talk about here in a second, um, the actual activities you do, either as a part of practice or a part of your competition or before you start or after you do your organized activities, that's dependent on who you are, injury history, sport you play, so on and so forth. And so that's something that, you know, I'm happy to answer any personal questions um, that um, our listeners and and viewers might have. Well, of course. And with that, doctor, where can people who may be seeking out your types of services be able to find you or advancing athletics? Thanks, Mitch. So you can reach me. My email is recover at advancing athletics.com. Uh, you can ask me personal questions on either X Twitter um, at Michele Iono, uh, M-I-C-H-E-L-E-I-O-N-N-O. My uh, handles are, my handle on Instagram is the same. And then you can follow or reach out to Advancing Athletics, my team and myself at on Facebook or Instagram as well. All right. And that is Dr. Michele Iono of Advancing Athletics. Doc, thank you so much again this week. Thanks, Mitch. Vive Auto Sales, located on West High Avenue in New Philadelphia and Cleveland Avenue in Canton, is a used car dealership committed to getting financing for everyone. We give every customer that walks in our showrooms a prime buying experience, no matter their credit score or financial situation. Current inventory can be viewed at www.wefinancenow.com. Check out our Facebook pages for the most up-to-date information about upcoming events and promotions happening at Vive Auto Sales. Are you trying to increase your speed, quickness, vertical leap, and agility? If so, NST Sports Performance is for you. NST trains athletes ages 5 through pro. 
NST designs each program specific to the athlete's needs, goals, and sports. For more, visit nstsports.com. Locations in North Canton and New Philadelphia. It's nstsports.com. If you're looking for a new or pre-owned car or truck, why not see the Parkway Auto Group? Parkway is a special group of automotive experts with eight brands to satisfy your needs. Come see the difference at the Parkway Auto Group on Commercial Parkway in Dover. Eight brands and one family. It's Parkway Auto Group. The Furby Electric Supply Company has bright ideas for your home. Save money by converting to energy-efficient electrical products or add ambiance with beautiful lighting features. It begins with a professional consultation and a visit to the Furby Lighting Showroom. Then certified Furby contractors complete your project right and on time. Since 1934, four generations have built a reputation of quality and trust, and they offer emergency services too. Just visit Furby.com. That's F-U-R-B-A-Y. The Furby Electric Supply Company. It takes a lot of practice to have a winning team. Alban Title has over 100 years of combined experience handling real estate, title, and escrow transactions. They serve Tuscarawas, Stark, Carroll, Harrison Counties, and more. So choose Alban Title for your next home refinance, sale, or purchase. They'll get it done quickly and professionally. Contact Alban Title at 330-334-5800 or visit their website, albantitle.com. Let them put their experience to work for you. We all have 206 things in common. Our bones keep us up and moving. And we at Cleveland Clinic Union Hospital care about every single one of them. From the tip of your finger to a brand new hip, our orthopedic experts will keep you going while keeping you safe. For every break and breakthrough, for every bone and joint, for every care in the world, get the care you need when and where you need it. Visit unionhospital.org. Fall is in the air and part-time career enhancement courses at Buckeye Career Center are on the horizon. Registration is now open for introduction to beekeeping, basic small engine repair, and sign language. These part-time offerings run on Tuesday evenings and begin in November. Let Buckeye Career Center help you learn a new skill or advance your current skill set. Call 330-339-2288 for more information or to reserve your seat in one of these or our other part-time classes. Have you checked in on someone yet today? This is your reminder, a simple text, call, or message. You don't have to be a professional to check in. You just have to ask and listen. Are you someone who could use a check-in? Dial 988, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, a message from Stark County Mental Health and Addiction Recovery. So this came up from a part, uh, no, 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 I'm sorry. It was a, a Pro Football Talk article that was written originally in July. It was a July 25th article from Mike Florio, that I made sure to look up. And maybe the article has been updated by this point. I don't know for sure. If somebody knows that, please let us know. Um, but he wrote that the, uh, per multiple sources, the representatives of Caleb Williams had been making it known to prospective agents that Williams wants partial ownership of the team that picks him in 2024 if he declares for the draft. Now, it's also written in here, likewise, a league source tells PFT that Jets quarterback Aaron Rodgers attempted to secure equity in his contract discussions with the Jets. The Jets never had to say no because the league did it for the Jets and every other team last week. I mean, this seems like more of a... I don't think... There aren't going to be a lot of teams, if any teams, that are going to be willing to do something like this for a rookie 
who I understand he's a very highly touted rookie, yeah. uh, a prospect. I understand he won the Heisman last year, was considered a Heisman favor going into this year, and now now that now it's probably not going to be the case. But like, why would you just like? I I understand you want to make business moves, but is this kind of just like a short sighted? like demand for an upcoming up and coming prospect or is this a play to like get teams that wouldn't be able to do this out of the market yep. and then have a but but why would a better team be willing to do something like this if that's the case i think there are teams that would do it there are teams that wouldn't do it and i'm not i i don't want to say what team is which i don't know I mean, hell, the Browns traded for a quarterback and gave him the most guaranteed money in NFL history right? at the time. But they're not giving him 1% right. ownership. Right. But at the same time, what would 1% ownership do? You know what I mean? You're not you're not going to get a, a huge say. It would be more money long term because right. you could build up uh, And that's stock. that's why I think that the right team would have to do it. The Chicago Bears, to me, is not a team that would do that, right? We no. know where, what they are. I can't believe I'm going to say this. Don't. What are you going to say? Would a team that thinks they're starving for a quarterback, but they're not, like the New England Patriots do it, though? Huh. They just think, oh, my God, we've been starving. Like, shut up. Well, just shut well, up. Well, you well, suck, well, suck well, well, well. Okay? Welcome to our life. Welcome I mean, to our life our entire I, lifetime outside three years. I'm not going not gonna, to not gonna get angry at them. It's, it's, almost, it's like a rich person losing all their money in the stock market. And they have to now shop at Walmart. That's or what they we're put saying. It on a seventeen leg parlay and it didn't hit. Um, that's neither here nor there. You know, sports betting is kind of like stock market. Um, yeah, it's both. St- they're both stupid to get into. One eight hundred gambler if you have a problem. Um, but I can see the Patriots doing it right. They're, the, the Patriots to me look lost. They yeah. don't know what's Mac Jones is terrible. Now, he is, and I thought. Although I didn't want to think, but I did think that maybe there was a chance he'd look better this year with Bill O'Brien there now as offensive coordinator, second year with him, or was it first year with him? But I I can't believe you just said that sentence. But he was in Alabama. I, I know. That, that's I why know. I'm saying. I know. I didn't say general manager because we know he had. You know who else was at Alabama? Devonta Smith and a whole bunch of I, weapons I at Alabama. Agree. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, but sorry. You, you'd think the offensive coordinator would know where to put the quarterback in to have as the most success as possible, sure. which has not happened because I don't think Mac Jones is good, but. They just got beat by the guy that backed up Tom Brady for most of his career. Brian Hoyer won a football game in 2023. People probably didn't even realize Brian Hoyer was still playing. I didn't. No, I did. Because I miss him because he got a raw deal in Cleveland. That's either here or there. Um, I just, you know, it wouldn't be the Jets because the Jets have Aaron Rodgers under contract for another year now if Aaron Rodgers retired, which does not seem like that's going to happen. I could see the Patriots being a team like that. You know it wouldn't be the Raiders if they went down that hole and tried to tank. You know it's, you know, not going to be the Giants because they just signed Daniel Jones to that wonderful contract that he's getting paid for now. I wonder if this is coming out because they're trying to scare teams away. Because yeah. the they've already threatened, too, if they don't like the spot, then maybe he goes back to college for another yeah, year. Yeah, this is the thing, too. Like, number one, Caleb Williams just had arguably the worst college football game of his career against Notre Dame in that it loss. It was bad. It was, it was three interceptions in the first half. That guy has pretty much forfeited any sort of demand like this that he would have for an, uh, an NFL franchise. Number two, I feel like we're getting towards a way the – and look, prospects are going to be hyped up forever and ever as long as the NFL draft is still a thing because, you know, there are certain, there are certain guys who are more ready than others and who can flourish at the NFL level. But 
we have seen a number of these quarterbacks go through, and a lot of these guys have have been able to live up to the hype despite everything. But there are so many quarterbacks who have been kind of hyped up as like the next big thing for so many years. I mean, guys like Trevor Lawrence, and you know, guys like it was. It really started in like the early 2010s with like the Andrew Luck and Robert Griffin the third thing, and you could say those guys kind of lived up to what they were able to do, whether it was in the short term or the long term. But we've hyped up guys like Trevor Lawrence and Kyler Murray and even Deshaun Watson, if you want to get technical. I'm not just naming number one picks here, but have we, have we really seen enough of Caleb Williams to like make sure this guy is a bona fide, guaranteed, will succeed at any team in the NFL that you will give him? We haven't. So... It's a risk. It is. And I, I understand every, every draft pick is a risk. I get that. But there are some that are more than others. Yeah. And... and when you have this number one option, you have to make sure you land it right because that could be a franchise changer. We don't know if Caleb Williams is a franchise changer. I think he can be a. I think he can be a good NFL quarterback. He's got the tangibles to do so. Um, but I, that, this is my thing. I just don't see this guy as someone who should be making these sort of. Again, these are reported. Claims to these teams being like, if you're going to draft me, I want some a slice of the pie. It's like who? It's like the owner, the NFL owners, not me. The NFL owners are going to look, look at that and be like, who are you to tell us what to do right now? We are giving you the keys. You are yeah. not. You are not. You don't have the keys and the car. We are giving you the keys to this. Don't crash the car, basically. Yeah. And what happens if he is a bust and you gave him That's ownership. what I'm saying. I mean, then, then you are in. That's one of the dumbest moves that any owner. Yeah, that would be even worse. That might even be worse than giving a quarterback a $233 million guaranteed contract. No, even if even if Watson had played like his Texan self right out of the gate. That'd be really dumb. I I agree with you. I think at the same time when Watson was signed the extension, a.k.a. New Deal with Cleveland. Yeah. It was, oh my gosh, look at this. Yeah. Because of what happened off the field, that, you know, allegedly. That, and he, that was the only way we could get him. Right. And because of the, the term, the, the long-term layoff he had. But you knew that wasn't going to be the highest paid quarterback of all time because other quarterbacks are going to get paid that are going to be better than Deshaun Watson, right? Mm-hmm. There's nobody in here that's going to say that if Deshaun Watson was his Houston Texans self right now in Cleveland, that he's better than Pat Mahomes. Like, it's Mahomes. I think is the best quarterback in football. I don't really think you can argue it. You're not talking about a guy that's just going to be getting paid millions and millions of dollars. You're talking about a guy that's going to have long-term money from your franchise forever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that is altering. And I don't know. Is it him or is it his dad? His dad's been doing a lot of talking too. And that's that's, that's, that's the hard part. I think I said this on the podcast already. Can we stop like – I'm not saying we should stop the practice of, of this happening, but can we stop like overhyping the the parent agents of these guys? Like there are so many parents now, and and give credit to these parents who are active in their you know sons or daughters' lives and like trying to make sure they they get the best for their kids. But can we just stop making it to be like, oh, so and so's dad uh, blasts uh, NFL owner for comments made about this? And I'm like, can we just stop with it? Just stop with it. I'm so annoyed by it. That, but that's only me. I'd also have to look up and see, by the way, uh, if an NFL player can have ownership of a team. We don't know. Because I just learned the story of uh, – I knew who um, – oh, God, I just – who was the, the – Mario Lemieux. Mario Lemieux, the Hall of Fame hockey player for the Penguins. 
he was a player for the Penguins, then he retired, and then he unretired, and then he actually bought the then-bankrupt Penguins from their previous owner and was a player for years with them as the owner of the team. He eventually sold off his stake, but he's still, I think, part of the uh, front office or executives. But I always wondered about that. Like, the NHL allows that to happen, and I'm like, I wonder if that could be uh, in other leagues as well. I know you can't manage a team while you're an owner, because Ted Turner tried to do that for one game in the seventies with the Braves, and that didn't. And then the league office was like, "No, you can't do that." And then he had to resign. Um, I don't know. I'd have to look that up. I have to look it up. But we don't have enough time to do that now. We got to move on to something else here. Um, game three went exactly as I thought it would last night. The Astros proving that they're better at on the road than they are at home for some reason. I mean, that game, the Rangers didn't completely collapse i'll give them that they had some moments in there that like you could take away from that game but houston's it's a series again the rangers are going to have to play well in game four in order to have the real advantage against houston going into game five max scherzer just i hate to say it looked like postseason max scherzer like that guy has really struggled at times in the playoffs even when the nationals won the world series he struggled you started a guy who hadn't pitched since, since september yeah, in September. Who got hurt? And he's uh, also old. Like but, I think people have this. I remember still talking to this about this with you before the season started. Mm-hmm. People had this almost fantasy that Verlander and Scherzer in New yeah. York, well, like they're not in their prime anymore. They sure they've been pitching well past their prime at a high level, but it catches up to you at some point. Didn't Verlander win the Cy Young a few years ago, though? Yeah. Yeah, so... But I'm saying, like, it's going to eventually catch up. Okay, yeah, I mean, no, yeah, level. I think they're at the tail ends of their... Yeah, exactly. Their thing, so, but, but I think people just think, oh, Scherzer's on the mound. It's it's the three-tie Cy Young Award winner, Max Scherzer. He's going to do this, and it's like... Yeah. I don't know, and he did not pitch well last night. No, he did and not. the Astros feasted on him. Much like that. the Rangers did in the first two games. They jumped on him early, and then they couldn't recover. Yeah. You know, it was just an unfortunate circumstance for Texas. Um, game three is tonight in the other series. That one's, I already said in the previous episode, that's a wash. It, and give credit to Arizona for getting here. And I, I, Part of me hopes they come back and make it a series just to make it competitive and see if they can turn the baseball world on its head because the last thing I think baseball wants is a Texas versus Arizona World Series. But I don't know. Phillies are just that that team right now. Uh, it's It's... We were watching that thing today of uh, who was DeAndre Swift and um, who was Terrell, the other guy? Terrell Edmonds. Terrell Edmonds, the players for the Eagles, uh, at the Phillies game two. And they had that funny commentary back and forth. It reminded me of the Astros. Was it Astros? It had to have been. Where Russell Westbrook and James Harden, when they were on the Rockets, were like at the game. And there was that one pitch where they had to like lean out of the way, even though they were no way close, nowhere yeah. close to it. That was funny. Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of where we are with the baseball playoffs. I mean... So I, I don't see how this, the Phillies and Diamondbacks goes past five games. I think maybe Arizona is able to squeak one in in Arizona. Yeah, maybe. I also think that I can see Philly sweeping this in four. Maybe. And if you're Philly, that's the goal. Um, obviously, if you go back home for game five, this is... Let, let me ask you. We talked about this on the Tuesday episode, but um, somebody was saying if Bryce Harper wins a World Series for Philadelphia, it automatically makes him the greatest Philly of all time. I think that's nuts. Because Bryce Harper is only into year five of his run in Philadelphia, which I I, we, I couldn't believe at the time. He signed that contract way back in early 2019. But does a World Series victory for the, this year's Phillies team 
put Bryce Harper on the Mount Rushmore of Philadelphia Phillies. If he keeps playing the way he is, yes. Which and that's interesting to me because in year five of your tenure with Philadelphia, you didn't you already spent half of your career with one team in Washington. You're gonna spend the second half of your career in Philly. I mean, I don't know if he's gonna play all twelve years of his contract like it it was written down, but I mean who who plays the entirety of their contract? At a competitive level, I should say. Yeah. Um, but I'm trying to think of all the Philly players that, and we, I know we're an Ohio-based podcast, but we, we try to talk about other teams as well. We're trying to think of like the best Phillies of all time. I mean, Mike Schmidt's right on top of the mountain. We all know this. Mike Schmidt's number one. Uh, you could maybe even put in somebody like Steve Carlton uh, around there as well, although Steve Carlton bounced around from team to team. Um, you could even put some of the modern Phillies in there. I mean, I don't... What stinks about Ryan Howard and Chase Utley is that those guys were the face of the Phillies for years, and I don't know if either of them are going to make the Hall of Fame because injuries and age kind of caught up to them a little earlier than expected, but those guys were, when you thought about the Phillies in the late 2000s, early 2010s, those were the two that you you had on the front of your your posters and all. Um, You could even throw in the late Roy Halladay. Roy Halladay was, I mean... Was he on the World Series team in 2008? I feel like he was. I might he, I might be lying. I think he was. Was that right after he got traded from Toronto? I mean, he's, again, one of the two guys who have thrown a no-hitter in the postseason, which we never thought that would ever be done again. Then he did it. Um, you could also... I'm trying to think of other guys. Uh, well, you could even go back into the... the to the earlier stages of baseball, and I'm really struggling off the top of my head to pick up names from Phillies catalog of players the only one that's coming to mind right now is like Richie Ashburn and I know that's probably not the uh Mount Rushmore level I mean do you I mean I, I don't know if you pulled up anything no I haven't pulled up anything I'm just I'll trying to think I think in terms of the recent Phillies I think Jimmy Rollins could be in there still too yeah you know he had a very long tenure in Philly before he ended up going to the Dodgers that's and right. the White Sox best Phillies players that said right best Phillies players um uh okay. The greatest Phillies of all time. This is from Clutch Points. Uh Owen Christofully wrote this. Um first of all, this was written when? This is written in 2023. Okay, so there you go. Number 10 he put Bobby Abreu. That's a fair one. I just played um MLB 2K6 again yesterday. By the way, I got this thing on Amazon. You can plug it into your PlayStation 2, and you can use a PlayStation 5 controller on your PS2. If you, it's a retro, look up retro receiver on Amazon. I'm not kidding. You have a PS5 right yeah. there. Well, I was gonna say you you have to use you have to have an old gaming system, but I have my PS2 with me, and I can use my modern PS5 controller on it. It's so cool. Anyway, Bobby Abreu is legit because I played the uh, what was it Dodgers against the Phillies yesterday, and Bobby Abreu hit two home runs off of me. It was a whole thing. Jimmy Rollins is number nine. Sherry McGee is number eight. This is a guy, like, turn of the 20th century player for the Phillies. Won a batting title, put a number of good years together. Richie Ashburn, number seven. So I wasn't that far off. He is in the Hall of Fame. Uh, he's also known for his the end of his tenure with the um, the Mets. Big Ed Delahanty. And the reason I know about this guy is because he, I think he's the guy that got drunk on a train to another game one day. And then, like, got on the train tracks and then fell into Niagara Falls, and that's how he died. And I, I read that in the baseball book, and I was like, well. Um, number three, five, uh, Pete Alexander. I think, was he brothers of Grover Cleveland Alexander? I know Grover Cleveland played for the Cardinals. 
Grover Cleveland Alexander played for the Cardinals. Grover Cleveland was the 24th and 26th president of the United States. Um, okay, here we go. Number four, Chase Utley. Again, this guy, I really thought he played his entire career. I just remember he played for the Dodgers as well, along with Jimmy Rollins. Uh, there's so There are so few guys that play for one team anymore. It really is just, that's yeah. that's the way it is now. I mean, any team is willing to take it on. It's not like it was back then. Uh, I, sound like, I sound like I'm 90 years old. Steve Carlton's number three. Uh, makes sense to me. That guy won four Cy Young Awards. That mm-hmm. man was insane. Number two, I, this is the one I was thinking of, Robin Roberts. This guy was a Hall of Famer, seven-time All-Star. I think he had like a 78-pitch no-hitter one time in his career, which is insane now. And then Mike Schmidt's number one. So it's probably going to be Mike Schmidt, Robin Roberts, because those guys have the advantage of playing for their entire careers with Philly. Steve Carlton, and then unfortunately for Ryan Howard and Chase Utley, I think you have to go, uh, you probably have to go Bryce. Because also he's going to have the remaining seven years with Philly, so he's going to be able to build a lasting legacy there. He'll probably get to 3,000 hits there. He'll probably do whatever he has to do. I don't know, man. It's really fascinating. And they were bringing up the other day that somebody brought up his Sports Illustrated cover from 2009. I remember holding that issue in my hand, and it was like 570-foot home runs, 16 years old, and like 95 miles an hour. And I was like, who the hell is this guy? And then lo and behold, he became arguably the top base one of the top baseball players of his era so he's it's it's amazing how he's been able to live up to the expectations that were placed on him at 16 years old not only maybe 3,000 hits pitch but maybe 500 home runs he's at 306 career home runs okay so he's seven years left he's gonna need 294 more home runs yeah so that's uh that'd be well that's around uh, that's around 40, 40 a season 42 a season so it's going to be tough, yeah. but we know he's fully capable of going on sure. a tear like that. I mean, look sure. at the tear he's on right now in the postseason. Yeah, it's going to have to be multiple World Series for him to be considered. Okay, one of the greatest Phillies of all time. If not, I mean, people want to say the greatest, but I think it's prisoner of the moment type talk. Sure. You know what I mean? I agree with that. Um, at the same time, you look at the moments he's provided. And I think that's what people like to talk about. The home run last year, the fact that he's hitting home runs this year in big games. Hits a home run on his birthday and blows out the number 3-1 as he crosses home plate because it was his mm-hmm. 31st birthday. Mm-hmm. That's the other thing, too, is you seven more years, you're talking he's going to be 38-39. Like, there's a good chance he ends his career in Philadelphia. Yeah, it, I, it's, it's almost hard, certain. It's hard to believe that unless they trade him. I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't, see, I can't I don't see him do playing seven years, though, and then yeah latching on somewhere for unless yeah unless unless ownership takes a turn and is like they're not caring anymore this team's really bad i can't i can't imagine that now but anything could happen in time i'm with you though i think it's going to take multiple titles for them to to get I'm, i take back what i said it's going to take at least one world series for him to be among i think the it's going to take great two world Phillies. series wins and then yes. you know in the next seven years after this season, probably at least five more because i believe every one of them except for Roberts won a title. Like Chase Utley won the title. Steve Carlton won the title. Uh, some Philly fans, I mean, I don't know how many Philly fans, but a lot of Philly fans will reference Tug McGraw as one of the great ones because he closed out that World Series against Kansas City and then Schmidt won it with the Phillies in 80. So it, it's kind of like that's your badge of, of honor that you have to get for Philly, which is, I mean, they, they only won the World Series twice, but. It's kind of like with Cleveland. If you were on those World Series teams, you were you will always be remembered. Now, granted, most of the Indians World Series winners are not with us anymore, but that's not here nor there. <sighs> we're, 
There's always next year. Have you checked in on someone yet today? This is your reminder. A simple text, call, or message. You don't have to be a professional to check in. You just have to ask and listen. Are you someone who could use a check-in? Dial 988, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. A message from Stark County Mental Health and Addiction Recovery. Wendy's without the Wendy's app is like nugs without the sauce. <gasps> or a Frosty without the fries. <gasps> or a hamburger without the fresh beef. No! Level up. Get the app to order ahead, order delivery, earn free food, and get app-exclusive offers. One app, all the Wendy's. Offer for a limited time at participating Wendy's. Terms apply. App registration required. Fresh beef available in contiguous U.S., Alaska, and Canada. You deserve the best. And at Ferris Chevrolet Buick Cadillac Toyota, that's what you get. We consider you the customer to be part of our family. Anybody can make promises, but when you visit Ferris, you get the Ferris deal from a Ferris wheel. So if you're looking for a car, truck, or van, think Ferris. matter. Everyone plays a part. We all have a role. Each of us can make a difference. You do matter and the best way to have a positive impact is to pay it forward. With each of us helping one another to cope, feel better, and know that we belong. Pass on the positivity today. Tell someone else they matter too. Alt Care. Alt Care, Alt Care, where you matter. You invest a lot in your home and vehicle purchases. Van Nostrand Young & Associates want you to feel secure should anything happen to those investments. We partner with providers like Grange Insurance and other industry leaders to be sure you're presented with the most complete coverage to fit your needs. Because we're not only here to protect the items you invest in, we're here to protect your future as well. Call Van Nostra and Young Insurance in North Canton at 330-497-1867. Happy Sardiversary with Sarda Rider Anthony. We're celebrating 25 years with our valued riders. And I absolutely enjoy riding the buses. I get to know a few of the drivers. Very respectful, very professional. Just an all-around about good experience. It helps people get to where they're going disabled, veterans, or people going to work. Thanks to all our riders as we celebrate Sarda 2-5 at Sarda. You need to remodel your bath? You need JR Bath Company. Trust in the quality of JR Bath. It's fast, it's safe, and it's affordable. Call today at 1-800-664-2284 or go to jrbath.com. Finally, um... You you mentioned college stuff. I mean, the only the big game we have this week is Ohio State against Penn State. The fact that it's an, a day game is ridiculous, uh, we're, especially with the night game next week against Wisconsin. But uh, this is going to be a tough one. Penn State and Ohio State both in the top ten. The first time they'll match up in the top ten since was that twenty eighteen game where they ran a they ran a, they ran that halfback handoff on fourth and five like that through me for a freaking loop, but I don't know if Penn state gets this victory, it automatically puts them in contention for the playoff because you know, they're going to match against Michigan here in a couple weeks. I don't really know what to expect from this matchup. Ohio state has looked better. I think they still are a dominant defense. Uh, 
Um, but they just can't get off to a slow start. Can't get off to a slow start. I'm very intrigued to see how this is going to go. Ohio State obviously is going to be favored at home. I think regardless if it's a noon or night game, the crowd will be um, locked in. Yeah. They're trying to scarlet the shoe. I saw something. The gates are opening two hours earlier than usual because they want this stadium to be packed. Sure. And it should be. James Franklin, I believe, has only beaten Ohio State one time in his career. And it was at Penn State yes. in a night game, if I'm not mistaken. I believe. Is that the, was that the blocked kick one? Yes, yeah, I okay. think it was the blocked kicked one. This is also where my fun fact of the day is going to come in, Mitch. Oh, shoot. Did I spoil it for you? No. Oh, good. Sorry. I think okay. you did. Okay, good. So your fun fact of the day is with this game, the highest rated quarterback prospect from Pennsylvania in the last 15 plus years will lead Ohio State mm. against the highest rated quarterback from Ohio what? in the modern recruiting era Come on, for Penn State. So you have somebody from Pennsylvania playing for Ohio State against somebody from Ohio playing for Penn State in Drew Allard and obviously in Kyle McCord, the yeah. quarterback here. This should be very interesting. I could see this being a close, high-scoring game. I could see this being a 24-21 type slugfest game. Ohio State's defense, I think, has been the most consistent part of this team so far this year. The offense, at times, we've been worried. You know, what is it? You know, the play calls, decision-making, whatever it is. They've still found a way to win, and all that matters is winning. And it doesn't matter how ugly this win is this week. This is a top 10 game in the country. They will have another one unless Michigan slips up or Ohio State slips up. You win those two and you take care of business the rest of the way, you're going to be fine. Luckily, they didn't get trapped last week playing against Purdue, and obviously Penn State was not fooled one bit playing against UMass. Hmm. I do think Ohio State wins this game. I'm not sold on Penn State, and it's – I'm not sold on James Franklin. I won't be shocked, though, if this is a close game and it doesn't go the way because we haven't seen... We've seen our guys in one big game on the road, Mm -hmm. which gives me confidence they should be able to win at home. Sure. But we've also seen times at home where the team isn't ready. Right. I mean, both under Urban Meyer, Jim Trestle, and you know Ryan Day as well, when you look back to that Oregon game a couple years ago, this is going to be a good game. There's good games on the rest of the day too, right? I mean, Alabama and Tennessee, it's going to be a good one. Yeah. And you have Utah, USC at night, and you also have Duke at Florida State. I mean, you're talking about four top 25 ranked matchups this week. number of other teams at top 25, I think, have tough opponents, but this is the marquee game of the week. It's a shame it is at noon at the same time, though. I'll never be upset because it means we get Gus Johnson and Joel Klatt. That's and fair. I love who doesn't. I don't want to meet the person who doesn't like them together. Yeah, if you don't, Jenny like taps on the sideline. Yeah, it's I, a great, great atmosphere. You get Urban Meyer before the game on the uh, big noon kickoff show, and we know we saw him. What was it against Maryland? Yes, when the big noon kickoff was there, he still looked like that guy that was a coach for Ohio State in the sideline when Ohio State <laughs> did not start off hot. So you'd have to think that. Ohio State should be able to get it done. He also, yeah, he also uh, disputed any rumors of him coming back to coaching with that Michigan State. That team is on a downward spiral, isn't it? That's such a fascinating, what a fascinating fall. And and with all serious, I mean, to to be serious for a second, with all the stuff that's been going on at that school, allegedly, that's just a rough, rough go of it for the last couple of years. Uh, By the way, did you mention Kyle McCord is from Pennsylvania? He went to. A, did he go to school in Pennsylvania? It has to be if he's one of the top. Because it says he's from New Jersey. 
He must have went to school in Pennsylvania. Okay, because I... Uh, that's totally fair because Pennsylvania and Jersey are pretty close to one another. All right. That's uh, pretty much all the time we have here. Thank you so much for listening or watching to the Big Time Sports Podcast Show. Go Bears. Go Bears.